So a testimony is really a public recounting of something that's taken place in your life. And the progressive part is, again, the, on, the building on. So open your Bibles to John chapter 4. There's some things about testimonies that are strange. Or not strange, but things that you have to do. Sometimes when we, when we think of a testimony, wow. Is that me? When we think of testimonies, we think of, uh, well, we think of a lot of things, but we, we think of where we've gone, where we're headed, and where, we're, you know, where we've been. We, we think about where we're headed to. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people lately. Like I said, the Lord has been pressing the idea of testimonies on me. So I've been talking to a lot of people and asking them about testimonies and their opinions and thoughts and things like that. And I, I've had this overwhelming answers of, well, my testimony is not much to even talk about. And I said, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't have this dramatic testimony. I, you know, I never robbed a bank or I never laid on death's door and God delivered me or healed me or, you know, I've never been in abu- uh, on drugs and alcohol or an abu- abusive relationship. You know, I've kind of walked with the Lord kind of like all my life. You know, I, I accepted the Lord as a young child and, and I just walked that way all my life, you know. But I got to tell you, the testimonies like that are something that's incredible. For a person like myself and other people who come from, you know, the, the really dark side of drugs and alcohol, you know, and, th- and just sexual perversions and all sorts of things, to hear that somebody can actually walk with the Lord from day one is incredible. In fact, sometimes I say, man, are you kidding? That's hard to believe. How can you with the influence of the world and all the things that are going on and people that, you know, tempting you and prompting you to do certain things, how can, how can you walk, you know, any length of time? And some of these people I'm talking to are my age and maybe close. And to me, that's absolutely amazing. It gives me hope, you know, for, for what God has done. And the things about, about testimonies are they're, they're life-transforming. And there's something to be celebrated and something to talk about and not to hold into yourself. I mean, we need to testify. Jesus, as we're going to see in this, testifies about who he is. He testifies to the woman at the well who goes and testifies to the city down in Samaria there and the Samaritans believe and they come and they visit Jesus and they believe even more. It's incredible. We're going to go through this story. I'm going to break it down a little bit. There's so much in this, but I've, the, and I hate to use the term that this is a topical message, but the theme for this is testimony, your testimony, my testimony, the testimony at the woman at the well, and how these things change lives. One of the things that we're going to see is that Jesus testifies and she receives. She testifies and others receive. Is that not the hope of the gospel as we share our testimonies, as we share what Jesus has done for us? He's lifted us out of the merry clay and set us on the rock of Christ. He died for our sins, and it's the least that we can do, I would think, is that we testify of the things that he's done for us. 
See, the thing is about testimonies, you don't know how far outreaching they are. I was reminded, the Lord gave me a little memory of something that happened 23 years ago. I was at Harvest Christian Fellowship 23 years ago, serving in the drug and alcohol ministry and serving in the new beginners uh, classes and things like that. And this young lady came up and she's struggling on, with drugs and alcohol. And we, we had talked with her and prayed with her and I told her that she needed to go to U-Turn for Christ. And she ended up going. And I got reminded of that the other day as I walked into a hotel, or hospital, wow. Hotel for sinners, okay. Hospital. I walked into the hospital to pray for this family and this young man who was in a terrific, just a horrific automobile accident. And the mother is this lady that I've ministered to or testified to or talked to 23 years ago. What a reminder of how the testimonies of Jesus Christ are so far-reaching, we don't even know how far they go. And as I look out over here, I don't know how many people are here, and it doesn't really matter. But as I look out there, there are so many different testimonies, so many different opportunities to minister, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with so many different people. We could sit down and some of our testimonies will intertwine. Some of us have been struggling with the same thing. And some of us have been struggling with different things. But we all have a couple of things in common. One is that we're all sinners saved by grace and the other is Jesus is our Savior. He's our deliverer from those things that give us the ability and the want-to-ness, if that's even a word, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through our testimony. There's a benefit to sharing your testimony. I'm going to get to the word here in a minute since I ever get through this intro. But there's a benefit to sharing your testimony. There's a reason why you have a testimony. If you have your Bibles, go over to 2 Corinthians for a second, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Or you can just listen. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted with by God. For just as the suffering of Christ and ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering, which we also suffer. And our hope for you is a firmly grounded knowing that as you are sharers of the suffering, so also are you the sharers of our comfort. So we, with our testimony, are able to reach out and comfort those with the same comfort, the same reason, the same backbone, the same testimonies of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen. Man, testimonies are incredible. They are progressive. I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do next, not only in my life, but in the lives of all of you as we come together as a family. Now, 
John 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not a baptizing, or not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went away again into Galilee, verse 4, and he had to pass through Samaria. Now where he was going, that was the shortest distance to go through Samaria, but Samaria is not some place that he really wanted to go. They were at odds with the Jews. The Pentateuch, Pentateuch is what they believed in the law. All the stuff about grace and Jesus was foreign to them. And so there was conflict. He didn't want to go there necessarily, but he had a divine calling on his life. It was an inconvenience for him, so to speak. And sometimes testimonies, sharing our testimonies, witnessing the gospel, sometimes is inconvenient for us. Sometimes it takes us out of our way. Sometimes it takes us to places that we don't necessarily want to go. Sometimes it takes us back into old neighborhoods that we don't want to go into. If Jesus tells you to go somewhere, he's going to protect you. He's going to be with you. See, the Samaritans did not know God. They didn't have the full revelation of God, and so Jesus going in there caused a problem. But he went because he had a divine meeting with someone. Maybe you have a divine meeting with someone. I think that we all do personally. We have meetings that take place and people that come into our lives. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you've been somewhere and the Lord prompted you to minister to somebody, pray for somebody, maybe even buy them a meal, maybe even reach out of your comfort zone. And then we step back and go, Lord, do you really want me to do this? Don't you know? Man, I have a meeting in 22 minutes, and you know the traffic. Sometimes it's just inconvenient. And sometimes it's not. I'll, I'll confess something here before you. We have a couple of brothers in the hospital. I'll take that back. We have one that's in hospice, and we have one in the hospital. It's a father and son. One is in Corona, and one is at Loma Linda. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I just don't feel like driving to Loma Linda. Now, I've known this father and son for... 30 plus years and I love them like a dad and like a brother but sometimes it just feels like it's an inconvenience I'm just being real 
doesn't mean I don't go. It just means I have to fight those things and go anyway. Because what happens on the back end is, man, they are so blessed because you came. They know how long it takes to get there from Corona to Loma Linda. They know that. They know the traffic. But once you get there, they are so blessed, and it makes everything all worth it. So on the back end, just by being obedient, on the back end, you receive the blessings. But I got to tell you, sometimes it's just not easy. Sometimes, sometimes testimonies are, are with a cost. And sometimes you have to, you, you have to can I, do I want to pay the cost? Cost comes in different, many, many different ways. Time, talent, treasure. In this particular case, it was you know, a lot of time. To do a visit at Loma Linda is four hours. By the time I leave here, go to Loma Linda, visit, come back, it's four hours. See, I sound like I'm whining about it. And I'll be honest, I was. I was being very, very selfish. I was being a wine baby. And you know what God showed me? Be careful. One day you could be laying here, and who's going to come visit you? Yeah. You don't know, right? The appreciation for the time taken. And all you got to do is look at Jesus. Look at the time that he waited and took for you and me. Man. It says back in your text that he went through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the partial ground where Jacob gave, uh, Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, being wearied from his journey, he was tired. He was tired. Let me put it in a common term. He was pooped. Just pooped out. Been a long trip. He didn't have an Uber to call. He didn't have a car to drive or a taxi. But he made the trip, and he was tired. He was wearied from his journey. Sometimes we're just tired. Not only is it inconvenient because it takes me out of my way or puts me in an uncomfortable spot, but sometimes I'm just pooped. I've worked all day, I've mowed the yard, I've kicked the dog and brushed the cat, and I, you, know, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to make light of it, but you get the point. Sometimes you're just pooped and you want to take a nap. And the older I get, the find the more naps I want to take. So. So when we look back in our text, it says, so Jesus, being worried from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Sixth hour is about noon. Warm, hot. But he's sitting there, and he's waiting for a divine appointment. Verse 7, then came a woman. Here she comes of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. 
For his disciples had gone away into to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? Remember we already talked about, they don't associate with each other. They had a real dislike for each other. How is it to you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We are into Jesus' testimony here. Jesus is going to testify to this woman of who he is. Let's read on. Verse 11. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us the well and drink of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, here's his testimony, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And so the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty nor come all this way to draw. And he said to her, here's an interesting piece that comes in here. I I find a little interesting mixed in the middle of this. He said to her, go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. She could have said anything. He is my, he is my husband. I, he, she could have, but she, in her testimony there, in her willingness to share with him, she reveals the truth. You're right, it's, it's not my husband. I'm thinking about, there's a sense of integrity or honesty or openness when he's given his testimony. And I'm thinking about, we have to have that same attitude when it comes to being open and honest and willing to confess or lay the things out before him. I know that we have a tendency to stuff some of the stuff into the corners of the deep crack for crevices of our, of our hearts so that they don't get acknowledged or seen or revealed. But I appreciate the fact that she just said, you know, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have said correctly, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you're with now is not your husband. This you have said, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped him in the mountains. And you say in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. Here's more testimony of who he is. Woman, believe me. An hour is coming when neither this mountain nor Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Your worship is what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Remember, the Samaritans are caught up in the Pentateuch and the law. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. So her testimony, his testimony is revealed here of who he is and what he can give. And the idea of her being open and honest and confessing that, has, that it's not her husband kind of reveals, if, if, you know, to me that for whatever that's worth, I'm just processing, right? That she had a willingness to hear and to receive and believe the things that were being told to her. We don't know a lot about her. She had five husbands, and the one she was with is not her husband. We don't know her background, per se. We knew that she was a social outcast. We know that she went to the well at noon because that's the hottest part of the day, and the rest of the women came early in the morning to get it. So they know that she was isolated. We know those things. And then the disciples show up. And they are amazed. They are amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you, what do you seek? Or why do you speak with her? And so the woman, I love this part. So the woman left her water pot and she went into the city. And she said to the men, remember she's a social outcast. They don't want nothing to do with her. But she goes and tells the men, come and see a man who told me all the things that I have done. They already knew all the things that she had done. She was in her city. She was in her hometown there. But this man comes in and says, he tells me of all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? Is it? Oh, yeah. And then they went out to the city and they were coming to him. See, the, the, the disciples were amazed that he would do that, that he would talk with this Samaritan woman, this one that they're not even supposed to associate with. They have kind of a hatred towards each other. Breaking all social boundaries and standards. And yet he came to her. And I love it because she goes and she tells other people. That's what we do with testimonies. When God comes into her life, when God touches us and cleanses, cleans us up from the inside out, we go and tell other people. Remember what I said at the beginning? Jesus testifies, she receives, she testifies, and others believe. That should be all of our stories. Listen, Jesus has testified to each and every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ who he is. He has testified to each and one that he is the living God. And he holds eternity in his hand for those who believe and receive 
It's funny that even his disciples didn't understand. I wonder, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. So sometimes I got to wonder, do we really understand? Now, when I say we, I mean myself too. And I mean all of us collectively as brothers and sisters and believers in Jesus Christ. Do we totally really understand the testimony of the Lord and the value that we have as being believers? Our testimony is so valuable. It is so far-reaching that you don't even know how far it reaches. That is incredible. And yet it's sometimes so misunderstood. Uh, I wrote here, testimonies are misunderstood by some and totally understood by others. Let's go on. I'm going to jump over to 39. John 4, 39. Because remember, here we go. We coming out, we're coming out of the other side here. We're coming out of 29. Come and see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? And they went out of the city and were coming to him. And then from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him. Listen, they believed in him because of what the woman who testified. Think about that for a second. The woman is a social outcast, and she goes down and testifies, and they believe. It's got to be a work of, of God. Why would they listen to her? Why would they listen to her? She had the key to life through Christ, through God. Somebody that knew her and accepted her the way she was. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with him. That in itself is amazing. They're asking him to stay? And they're in conflict with each other? Isn't it amazing how God can bring two opposing entities, believers, enemies together for one common goal, one common cause? Only God can do that. So when the Samaritans came, then Jesus asked, asked, uh, they were asking him to stay with them. And so he stayed two more days. Verse 41, many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. But who got the ball started? This woman at the well, this Samaritan woman who had a divine appointment with the Creator. And she believed and she went and told somebody and many believed. 
And then many more believed because they were seen or uh, put in the presence of God. Many more. And they were saying to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, because now they have heard it for themselves. They are with him. They are standing before him. And they say, this is the one is indeed the Savior of the world. Testimonies are not without prayer and consideration. My friends, my family, pray about where you can share your testimony. Pray about where you can ask people if they know the gospel, if they know Jesus, if they have a relationship with him. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We cannot be ashamed to stand up for the one who is giving us a living hope. I said it before, I look out here and there's many different testimonies. I have to ask, are we, are we grateful that we've been pulled up out of the pit of hell? Are we grateful for that? Absolutely. Amen. We are. We should be. So why would we want to hold on to that for ourselves? She went and told many people, and many people believed. Can you imagine if we did that ourselves? And it's not to say we don't. We have an evangelism team here that does that, that goes out. But I'm just talking about in our own sphere of influence at work or play or whatever it is that we do. Our own families, are we being a testimony? Listen, testimony, testimonies are not just verbal. Testimonies are also in the physical, what we do, our living sacrifice, our living commitment, the things that we say, the things that we do, the places that we go, the people that we deal with, the people that we hang out with. Our testimony far reaches the walls of this church or even the city of Corona. Testimonies move others to salvation. And we read that in 39 to 42. Testimonies are progressive. It was Jesus, then the woman, and then others. Others came to know. But they came to believe. So many came to believe because the woman testified. The woman had enough sense, if you will, to understand who this man was. She says she left her pot and told everyone in the city about this man. She listened and she believed. I just wonder about, I talked a little bit about time, talent, and treasure. There are so many things that we get bound by in this world. There are so many things that we prioritize maybe, maybe a little bit wrong. And I have to, you know, please, church, I'm speaking to myself too, okay? I'm no holier than now. You know, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You know, just like you pulled out of the pit of hell and set on the rock of salvation through so Jesus Christ and the blood and the cross and same, same, I put my pants on the same way. 
Sometimes we got to sit back. We have to take a look at ourselves and see if we're really all that grateful, if we're really all that motivated to move forward the gospel. A testimony, I don't know why I got this testimony so embedded in my mind. Most of you know, my t- I come out of the pit of hell, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, and been delivered from it. And some people have a testimony where they, well, maybe I smoked one time or I had one drink in my whole life. Listen, your testimony is valuable. Everybody's testimony is valuable. Remember we talked about 2 Corinthians 1.4, right? To be able to comfort those with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with through Christ Jesus. A person that you can reach, I may not be able to reach, and so on and so on. We have the opportunity to reach out in this community, in this city, in this world for the gospel. And I'll say it one more time. We don't know how far-reaching that can be. But we've got to be willing to take the first step. We've got to be willing to open our mouth. We've got to be able to live, or be willing to live that way and show, us that, show other people that way. We can't fall prey to the things that come up around us. We've got to stand firm for something. If you don't stand for something, man... If you don't stand for the one who delivered you, who can you stand for? He restores marriages. He delivers you. He makes the impossible happen. We have to put our trust in him. Our testimonies are valuable. When we look at this woman, by all social standards, she was, let's just say she was a zero. She didn't have much to offer. She was a social outcast, living with someone. But isn't it amazing? God uses the, we'll just say, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I don't know why he put me where I am. If you would have known me in my BC days, you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't want to be in the same room with me. Trust me, I was a pig. Now I'm a dressed up pig. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess the main thing that I want to try to make point here is that this is a beautiful story of the glory that comes only from the Lord. We are truly blessed to have a Father who loves us so much, even being able to wake us up once more. Every day, every minute, every moment, every hour is a testimony to him. Most of us, or a lot of us, should have been dead by now. But here we are. Did you ever think there'd be, some of us, did you ever think you'd be sitting in a church on a Wednesday night of all nights? Did you ever think you'd be here? This is incredible, isn't it? This is fun. It's different. It's good. It's a blessing. 
So even one more day is a testimony of God's grace. So tonight, I would like that we prayed for the ability to testify of God's goodness every chance that we get. The scriptures here back in 17 declare that it says, Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white for harvest. There are people out there crying out for something. We know what it is, but they don't. Do you know that we hold, in a sense, we hold the keys to eternal life? We don't have the power, but we know the power source. <laughs> and we can plug them into the power source. I've run into people that ran with in the world, and they, they can't believe the difference. And we have opportunities to share the difference, why there is a difference. And I just think that we need to take every opportunity to do that. Our blessings are new every morning. Don't go too far, Shane. We're going we're gonna to call it a night here in just a minute. So a testimony is not only retelling of a story or a conversion, but it's how you live it out in action and deed. Last thing, and I'm done. If you have a pen, write this down. And I've already said it twice. Jesus testifies, I receive. I testify, and others receive. If we can practice something along those lines, I think you'll find not only fulfillment in what you're supposed to be doing, but in fulfillment and seeing lives changed around you. Man, it's incredible when you see somebody picked up out of the pit of hell and cleaned up. It's incredible. We can't do that, but we can lead them to the one that can. And I think that's part of our job. Would you pray with me? Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for opportunities like this to share. Our testimonies are important, Lord. You've You've pulled us all up. We're all sinners and in need of a Savior, and, and uh, we recognize that. You're the Savior. You're the one that, that, that we testify about. And, Lord, we're so appreciative of how they're progressive, Lord, how, as I would call them, Lord, going from glory to glory, trial to trial, test to test. Lord, it just builds on how, much, how great you are and how merciful and loving that you are. We were sinners destined to hell, and now you've, you've gave us life, life more abundantly, a hope for all eternity, Lord. I pray, Lord, for opportunities to share. I pray, Lord, like, and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to see even, even carry, Lord, uh, someone I met 23 years ago, Lord, just a reminder, Lord, of who you are and how long, how outgoing uh, testimonies can be. Just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for everyone here tonight, Lord. First, Lord, I ask you to fill them with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I would also, also ask, Lord, I'd be amiss if I didn't, Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. 
I pray tonight that you would. Sometimes we get caught up in the things of, I was born in California, so therefore I am a Christian. My parents were Christian, so I am a Christian. No. We are a Christian when we put our trust and faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if that's you tonight, I hope that you make that commitment. It's really simple. Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. Come into my life, Lord. Cleanse me from the inside out, Lord, and make me fresh and make me new. Help me put off the old man and put on the new, Lord. As I made the commitment some many years ago, I said, Lord, do what you will. Do what you will. If that's you tonight, just stand strong. Stand strong. Our God is good, and he's good all the time. He never wavers. You may be going through something right now that you think there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I got news for you. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. The sun will come up tomorrow, and our Lord will still be there. He'll still be with you. He'll still be helping you, protecting you, and working with you. Our God is good all the time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.